Welcome back to the Milan Taco. The last serving was on tax and the tax season is open until the 23rd of November so be sure to submit your returns if you haven't done so already. This serving is for all the beginner investors or stock investors or people who have considered purchasing shares at some point in their life but was perhaps too afraid to take the risk. When I first started investing in stocks online, I was blown away at how complicated everything seemed. There's so much of mixed information online without any real direction for the beginner investor. Fast forward a couple of years, uh, I think I'm now in a position to record this podcast specifically tailored for the beginner investor, well, at least for the first part, and I'll share some tips later on on those who have already established a decent share portfolio. Firstly, you need to be on a platform to buy shares and you could buy it directly on the JSC or you could subscribe to a third-party online trading platform. Alternatively, you could even buy shares directly within your bank account. And many prefer this, the bank account route, as it would already be set up and ready for you to make your first purchase. Banks like APSA, FNB and Standard Bank all offer investment accounts and this could save you some time opening a third-party trading account which will obviously require you to go through the whole process of being FICA verified, which could be a pain to some. Another advantage of using your own bank account is the simplicity of keeping all your finances consolidated to essentially one area that makes funding your trading account quick and easy to do. You also need to be aware of scam sites out there when considering third-party trading platforms. Now, once your account's all set up, it's time to do some research on the shares you want to buy. At this point, a beginner may ask, what are shares? And in its most basic form, shares are issued by companies as a means to raise capital. In return, by purchasing shares from a company in question, you will own a percentage of that firm. For example, if you had to purchase 1% of company ABC, you would subsequently own 1% of that organization. This would entitle you to dividends as and when they are distributed, as well as the legal remit to vote in shareholder meetings. In order to issue shares, the company must be listed on a public stock exchange. This means that sellers can offload their shares to new buyers. The specific price of shares will go up and down on a second-by-second -second basis, which is pretty much determined by market forces. In other words, if demand of shares outpaces supply, then in theory, the price of stocks will go up. Similarly, if there are more people selling their shares than those that wish to buy, then the price of stocks will naturally go downwards. It's also important to realize that when you buy a stock, you're buying a piece of a real company. It's not just a ticker on the screen that randomly jumps around, even though a lot of investors usually treat it that way. And since it's a real company, I want you to do some research as if you were buying a real business from a friend. I mean, think about some of the questions you would ask that friend and find the answers to the same questions for the stock you want to buy. Here are some questions I would be asking about a company. Firstly, is the company you're buying overpriced? In other words, never buy a hyped-up stock. A quick way to value a business is by looking at how much profit the company has produced compared to its current price, and then compare that figure over time. This figure is what's known as the price-to-earnings ratio, and you can get it very easily by dividing the price of the stock by how much it has earned, and the number you get will give you a rough idea of how long it will take you to make your money back. 
For example, at the time of recording this podcast, the MTN group stock costs about 131.37 rand per share. And the current price to earnings ratio is 18.46. So as a rule of thumb, it would mean that for every X amount you invest, it will take you about 18 years to double your money. Which is pretty good considering companies like Amazon have a price to earnings ratio of around 135, which is insanely high. Next, ask yourself, do you understand the business? If you don't understand the business, you won't notice when the company isn't doing so well. So try and stick to an industry that you're familiar with. For example, if you're a builder, invest in construction companies. Or if you're a farmer, stick to agricultural companies. You'd be able to spot trouble from a mile away compared to other investors that have no clue what they're doing. Then ask, has the company been profitable for a long time? And I would simply look at the books for over 10 years. This would give you a solid idea of how long they have been profitable. You don't want to buy in a business that isn't doing well in the short term. But on the other hand, also keep in mind that most companies have bad months and a bad year with the COVID impact. So don't let a few unprofitable months push you away from the decision. It's the overall trend over the 10-year period that you should be looking for. Lastly, you should ask, is this business riddled with debt? Businesses can survive on debt when the economy is flourishing. However, they generally don't survive when the economy takes a downturn. Like Warren Buffett once said, when the tide goes out, you'll see who has been swimming naked. But there is a caveat to this. It can be normal for business to have debt. In some cases, managers can leverage debt to grow a company quicker. However, you need to be able to calculate if it's too much. And a quick way to do this is by either comparing its debt to other companies that you know are great in the same industry, another reason why you should really understand the business, or you could also see how much debt and earnings the company had during the last recession, and then see if a similar ratio exists today. If the company has taken on a lot more debt and they'll still earn the same, then it might be a sign that they're taking on too much debt that they can't handle. For the beginner investor, you can now make an educated decision on the shares you wish to buy. also recommend websites like MoneyWeb and Investing.com to get an overall consensus on a company before you make your first investment. After buying shares, I would hold on to them for about five years unless one of two things happen. Something seriously affects how the business can operate. For example, merging competition, a lousy manager takes over, or the company is on more debt than I would like. Point of note, a short-term event sparked by bad news or a bad quarter doesn't count. If the core of the business hasn't changed, these only provide further buying opportunities. The other is, if the price of the stock soars over the value that I believe the stock is worth, which is also known as the intrinsic value, and I don't believe the hype price is sustainable. Pretty much what you see happening in crypto markets. So having these two rules helps me stay out of the psychology of the market that's driven by waves of greed and fear, which requires patience. Looking at your stock's prices often will slowly drag you into the market, which could result in rash, unplanned decisions. Quoting Warren Buffett again, he once said, The stock market is a device for transferring money from the impatient to the patient. So leave your stocks be. Instead, spend your time researching the industry or studying your stock's quarterly reports. Ah, and then the age-old question, 
Can buying shares make you rich in South Africa? And there are so many movies and stories about people getting rich overnight by trading shares on the stock market. It's ridiculous. But let's see what the data says. According to one of the studies done by MarketWatch, your average investor only made about 4.79% of their money in a full year. That means if you invested 10,000 Rand and you performed as the average investor, then you'd walk away with 479 Rand. Doesn't sound too exciting, does it? So don't be fooled while a small minority of people do get rich on the stock market, the chances that it will happen to you is very, very slim. But I don't want to be a dream killer. I mean, making lots of money on the stock market is possible. It's just usually a slow-going process that requires a lot of time and patience. And also, if you don't feel comfortable investing on a do-it-yourself basis, it might be worth considering stock market indexes or ETFs. Regarding the former, you'd be investing in the wider stock markets as opposed to picking and choosing individual companies. For example, let's suppose you invested in the JSE. The best way that you decide is to invest in a stock market index, like the FTSE JSE or the Financial Times Stock Exchange, Johannesburg Stock Exchange, but affectionately known as the FTSE JSE Top 40 Index. It's a capitalization-weighted index. Basically, companies included in this index are the 40 largest companies by market capitalization included in the FTSE JSE All Shares Index. Through a single stock market index investment, you're essentially buying shares in the 40 largest firms via a single trade. Alternatively, you might want to consider an ETF or an exchange-traded fund. Now, this operates similar to the nature of a stock market index, insofar that you'll be investing in dozens or hundreds of companies via a single trade. The ETF might track a particular stock market index. Let's use international examples, maybe the Dow Jones or the S&P 500, or maybe a specific industry like tech stocks, retail stocks, or real estate stocks. Some ETFs even track dividend stocks, which is ideal if you're looking for a diversified portfolio of income-generating shares. So now that you know that patience is key to success in the stock market, you might ask, can I actually make money? And the overarching objective of buying shares is to make a profit. And this can actually come in two different forms. Firstly, capital gains, and secondly, dividends. And for capital gains, when you buy shares in a company, the long-term aim is to sell at a higher price than you originally paid. And if you were able to do this, then the profits are known as capital gains. So let's suppose you buy 10 shares at a company at 180 Rand per stock. This means that your total investment amounts to 1,800 Rand. Three years later, the company shares are now priced at 230 Rand per stock. You are happy at this point, and you decide to sell your shares. You're essentially making 50 Rand per share. At 10 shares, this amounts to a profit of 500 Rand. Now, the 500 Rand profit that you made from selling your shares at a higher price is capital gains. Of course, you would need to pay capital gains tax on these um, as a South African resident for tax purposes, and this varies between 18% to 45% depending on your income tax band. The second way you could make money from investing in shares is dividends. So some, but not all, publicly listed companies pay out regular dividend payments to their stockholders. 
In its most basic form, this means that a company in question is sharing its profits out to those that hold stocks. If this is the case, dividend stocks typically distribute payments every three or six months, and when they do, the funds will be deposited into your brokerage account that the stocks are held in. And this is how dividends work. So let's say you hold a thousand shares at a company. The firm pays dividends every three months. This time around, the company announces a dividend yield of 4%. And let's say that amounts to 27 cents per share. You are holding a thousand shares. So you'll receive around 270 rand. That's 27 cents times your thousand shares, 270 bucks. Some South African investors will look to focus exclusively on dividend stocks as this allows them to earn passive income. You then have the prospect that the shares will increase in value, which means you can earn dividends and capital gains collectively. So I did say there is something for the more seasoned investors on this serving as well. So here's some tips for your share buying journey. This is more on once you've gotten around how the stock markets work and you've gotten familiar with investing, but may not be an experienced investor at this stage. Your first tip, create a diversified portfolio of shares. Diversification is one of the most important strategies that you can take when you invest in stocks in South Africa. In its most basic form, all this means is you'll be diversifying your risk by investing in heaps of different companies. And in doing so, you stand the best chance possible of avoiding being overly exposed to a company that goes down in value. And earlier I mentioned, pick something where you're comfortable with. If you're a farmer, stick to agriculture. But that doesn't mean stick to just one company in the agricultural sector. For example, let's say you, you have 40,000 rands to invest in shares in South Africa. An inexperienced investor might decide to buy 40,000 rands worth of shares in company ABC. And if this company ran into financial problems and subsequently saw its shares go down in value, they would likely lose a lot of money. An experienced investor might invest 400 rands into company ABC, which is just 1% of the investment pool, and then they would purchase shares in 99 other companies, each at an investment of 400 bucks. This means that the investor will have shares in 100 different companies, possibly from a range of different sectors, and could be a prime example of a diversified portfolio. In truth, buying shares in 100 different companies can become time-consuming and costly. This is because you will need to place 100 different trades, each of which will encounter a share dealing charge. And the good news is, as I mentioned earlier, you could opt for a stock market index or an ETF, and you could invest in dozens, if not hundreds of different firms in a single trade. Another tip is to build your stake sizes up slowly. Now, some market commentators will suggest starting off with a demo account. In doing so, you will be buying and selling shares with essentially paper money. Although this will allow you to test the respective trading platforms out and learn the ropes of market orders and pricing trends, it's not going to prepare you for the emotional side of trading. As a result, you might be best off to start off with real money in a brokerage account, albeit with small stakes. This gives you the best of both worlds, insofar that you will be able to experience what it is like to pick a losing trade. 
while at the same time mitigating your risks by investing with smaller amounts. Tip number three for you is to make sure you factor in fees and commissions. Our South African share dealing platforms will always charge a fee of some sort. Not only will the size of the fee vary from broker to broker, but as will the pricing model. For example, while some brokers charge a flat fee every time you trade, others will charge a variable commission. And here are some of the main stock trading fees that you need to look out for before you sign up. There's a share dealing fee, otherwise referred to as the trading fee or trading commission. A share dealing fee is basically charged to you every time you place a trade. This is to say that you will be charged when you buy shares and then again when you sell them. For example, let's say your broker charges you 150 Rand per order. Regardless of how many shares you buy, you will always pay 150 Rand when you first invest and then 150 Rand when you offload those stocks. In other cases, the broker might charge a variable commission against the total size of your investment. Then there's annual fees. So a number of South African stockbrokers will charge you an annual fee. And if they do, this will be charged against the amount you have invested at their platform. For example, if the broker charges 1% per year and you have 50,000 Ren invested, you're going to pay 500 Ren. There's also a spread, which is an indirect trading fee that you'll need to take into account. It is the difference between the bid and the ask price. So the wider the gap, the more you're paying. This is why it's suggested that you stick with South Africa share dealing platforms that offer tight spreads. So those are your main fees to look out for. There are a few other fees to look out for, which include a charge to deposit and or withdraw funds and a fee charge when your account remains inactive for a certain number of months. So just keep those in mind. Carrying on with your tips then, as we move on to the fourth one, keep tabs on key market developments. And this goes back to the beginning of this podcast about researching. On the one hand, stock investors are less concerned about short-term pricing trends. Instead, they are happy to play the long-term game by riding out market waves. On the other hand, it is still vital that you keep tabs on key news developments that can impact your stocks and share investments. In doing so, you will avoid losing more than you would have done had you not sold your shares earlier. Let's suppose you have 60,000 rands invested in Facebook shares. When Facebook was involved in their major data breach and subsequently required to meet with the regulatory committees in both the US and Europe, its share price took a major hit. A shrewd investor would have cashed out their Facebook shares the moment the negative news was announced. In doing so, they avoided a loss that would have been substantially bigger had they not acted. In fact, the shrewd investor likely would have repurchased the shares once the mass sell-off began to cool off. If you do have a portfolio that consists of heaps of different stocks, it might be worthwhile using some sort of automated news tracker. The likes of Yahoo Finance, for example, have a dedicated fundamental news service that will notify you when an important news story centers around your stocks. And you can add as many companies as you wish to without even paying a fee. So that's the basics of the stock market. And I hope this helps you understand that anyone can become an investor. This is an interactive podcast. And I would like to hear your thoughts on investing in shares in South Africa and what has worked and not worked for you. Feel free to comment if you are on Podbean or send me a tweet at J-U-S-T-M-E-E-L-A-N. 
Thank you so much for listening to The Meal and Taco. Be sure to subscribe, leave a rating on Apple Podcasts, and share this with your close ones. I really appreciate every one of you that have shared these podcasts with your friends and family. Cheers.